Well, welcome back to PazPod, episode 37. Phil, how are you doing? Very well. Sun is shining. Got a game of cricket tomorrow. What more could I want in life? Well, a lion. A lion would be nice. But... A lion, that'd be nice. You could be me, which underneath shirt, jumper, ready for the day session on a Friday. Oh, that'd be nice as well. Yeah, I'll take one of them as well. Yeah. You need to uh, get your tunnel built underneath your fence to the, uh, the pub behind you. When you get that done, all fine. Well, you, you came to my house on Tuesday and noticed I had a removable fence panel, didn't you? I saw that and I thought, hmm, this reminds me of Hot Fuzz. You know, when they're trying to go over the fences, I'm going straight through that panel <laughs> to a pint of Guinness. <laughs> um, talk about cricket tomorrow. First Pavia's Cricket, well, it's not the first ever Pavia's Cricket Club game, but uh, a resurgence of. Yeah, Mark II. Um, yeah, so we, we've been trying to do it for a few years and everything we've organised has been rained off. Um, so, yeah, we've obviously, without any rugby, lads are getting a bit um, tetchy. Um, so we have managed to put together a, a, fif- uh, a 15. We haven't put a 15 together. We've put an 11 together uh, and we're taking on Cornton first team at Cornton uh, tomorrow afternoon. Um, really looking forward to it. Thank you to the guys at Cornton and all the other clubs that we're playing in the future um, for getting in touch. Uh, I managed to get us a little post on the South Knots Cricket webpage and was inundated with emails from clubs saying we'd love to host you or next year we'll host you or whatever. So that was really good. And um, yeah, I'm hopefully we've got a half decent team as well. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if the lads can back up all the talk they've been giving. Amazing. It's uh, There is a lot of chat from some of the lads, mainly fly-off. George Billum has a big chat. Um, you, were, you were saying the other day that obviously you all went to the Nets last Sunday and Ollie Hansen, uh, handy handy bowler. Oh, tasty. Yeah, a bit of ribcage delight. That's what he was chucking down. Was, They're going to uh, love him. You're not going to be to host. <laughs> no, they are going to enjoy that. How's your pre-season match when you've got an angry gypsy throwing down <laughs> tie balls at you for eight overs? Yeah, yeah. And we've got uh, little Rimo joining as well. Rimo's yeah, the- so, yeah, Rimo uh, not yet managed to play a game for the club, but somehow got in on the, on the cricket team. Um, I'm borrowing his pads actually for wicket keeping because they'll just just about cover my chins. Yeah, but I mean, you're six foot five. There, thereabouts. Yeah. yeah, Rimo must be five foot six. <laughs> yeah, that's a good price. Yesterday we realised after training he looks like the love child of Freddie Burns and Johnny Sexton. You know what I think about Rimo is I think he's like the generic character from any game where you have to make your own character. He does. He's the default setting. He's the default setting, isn't he? Every <laughs> I just look at him and think, that's a blank canvas. And mate, yeah, what can I add on to this? <laughs> <laughs> to make it look interesting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, maybe, I mean, we could get Rimo on the pod, but he's pretty boring. Um, <laughs> uh We've got a touch tournament next Saturday. We so have. That would be good. Yeah, like we did um, between lockdowns last year, um, sort of late summer last year. Just, you know, rock up. You'll be putting a team, register with the guru. He'll make the teams. Um, there'll be captains and, and we'll have 
multiple games of of touch. And yeah, bar will be open. Bar opens this Sunday, I believe. Bar, bar, bar. I mean, two massive marquees. I'm going to have three Guinness lined up. Chop, chop, chop. Shouts of Buffalo everywhere because everyone's out of practice. I mean, it's not going to get messy. It's a family event, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you say that now. It's going to get messy after the uh, after the game's finish. One yeah. imagines. But, um, so anyone can come to that. Even if you're not Pavs and your club's not open yet, feel free if you want to come play some touch rugby, turn up. Um, or just want to socialise if you want to actually talk to human beings. Yeah. Or you're welcome. Bar's open. I forget that people haven't spoken to human beings in a while because we obviously speak at least three or four times a week. So it's, uh, yeah, so that'd be good to see people. Um, this week's pod, good pod. Very good. Or weird, weird pod, because obviously we spoke to Hannah, who, who's based in New Zealand in Auckland. So it was, um, I think it was our Saturday night and it was her Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, so me and Tom were drinking alcohol and she's having a nice coffee, which, um, yeah. It was it was a bit odd, but no, great pod. Hannah was I haven't spoken to her properly for a couple of years, so it was it was quite nice to catch up and she gave us some interesting deets. She did. Um I don't think there's anything we should talk about before, but there might be a little bit to talk about after. So should we go straight into it? Yeah, I'd like to apologize for using the phrase deets. Deets. I mean, I I kind of my tail's curled. Um <laughs> But we'll 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 leave that in and let people take the piss out for you. I just <laughs> flicked myself in the bollock for it, so that's fine. <laughs> so here we are, Hannah. How are you getting on? Good, thank you. How are you both? Yeah, good. Thanks for waking up nice and early to chat to us. We're sat here with a beer, uh, a beer, and you're sat there with a nice coffee. By the looks of things, I know. I did consider, and I was like, oh, what is it? Eight o'clock, a bit too soon. <laughs> <laughs> you can take the girl out of England. But <laughs> <laughs> so for those who don't know you, you're obviously an ex-Pavia and England age group international. Uh, you moved yeah. over to New Zealand at, Phil said, 19 years old. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, did you play any rugby over in New Zealand? I did, yeah. I did. I did a couple of years at... Um, a club called College Rifles, which is like central Auckland. And they had a sevens team as well. So I played a bit of sevens. Oh, nice. Nice. I bet that's a yeah. lot fun. A lot, a lot nicer than sevens over in Nottingham. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. But we went on to a little new adventure as well, um, which we'll come back to, which bodybuilding slash sculpting. You couldn't really give us a dis- definitive answer on what you wanted to call it, so we'll go in both. Um, but we'll start with the rugby because we try and fit some rugby into this rugby podcast. Uh, what got you into rugby in the first place? Um, so my brothers played rugby, um, started at Nottingham actually, back when they were at Beeston, Beeston ground, so a long time ago. But I just used to sit in the car really when... I've got two brothers older and younger um, and they both used to play and I just used to sit in the car and I think mum just got sick of me so it was like right you jump in <laughs> so I was about eight I think seven or eight then yeah oh, so nice. I played for a yeah yeah so did you, no, have, was... did you have any rugby idols um not at that time 
like not really I just it was just like another kind of sport we were quite sporty like all of us so we just kind of did whatever and I just wanted to join in with what my brothers were doing but at that time so that was minis so it was like mixed boys and girls so I played in the boys team till I was about 12 um and then I kind of got forced to <laughs> move to Pavia's which was amazing but at the time I was just like oh you know felt like a traitor it was terrible I didn't really have an option so um yeah because Nottingham didn't have any girls teams at that time I, I don't know what year that would have been 2000 and 2001 something like that yeah, yeah so that, yeah. yeah so but it was kind of um pavia's had they had the start i think of a of a girls team there like i don't know how long they've been going before i went up there but i would have been 12 or 13 when i started up there which was great i think my mum just like rang someone at the club and was like we need a team please take it for two hours a week that's all i need <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then that's that was that would have been that picture that you posted up, which was like, God, oh, flashback. Yeah, when Phil sent me that, I was like, I, I can see some of these faces, and I know them. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Uh, so for those who haven't seen the photo, who was in your uh, who was in your girls' team at Pabs? Um, so we had it would have been so Fran, obviously, uh, Kathy Burke, Rowan. Becky Marshall, David's sister at the time, I think her name's changed now, Harriet Billum, um, Sarah Roberts, one of our like all-time amazing props. Um, yeah, no, we had a good team. And luckily, like we, for some reason, I think the RFUW kept changing the age bands. So somehow, like we went, I think when we started, it was like under 14s and under 17s. Um, but I was the only one that was under 14 age and I was like I want to play with my mate so I, we, I played up and then they kept changing it so we got a good like four or five years together that team which was brilliant that's not bad is it any uh, yeah. any success with that team yeah we just used to batter everyone there was a few there was a few a few good teams but like there wasn't there wasn't that many girls teams at that time um so you'd kind of play the same group of teams like again and again through the season. It wasn't until you got to like rep levels like county or regional that you'd kind of meet the different girls from around the country. But it was a bit a bit of travelling to do, yeah. The only team I seem to remember you not losing to was Worcester. Yeah. And occasionally Leicester Forest East. Yeah, but then well. you joined up with them, so that made that a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you can't beat them, form a bigger team. <laughs> yeah, no. So, so it was good. It was brilliant, and we did. Um, we were just, yeah, we we're just a good team. Like everybody just played really well together, and I think you know, like individually, we were fairly good as well. But yeah, it was just good times. They were, like I said, when I was listening to Fran's podcast back, I was just reminiscing on the good times. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, do you remember that whole development of the girls at Pavs? Yes, my dad was the coach for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it just it just meant the entire Sunday was spent at Pavia's after the entire Saturday had been as well. 
Um, and and you know they were a good, like they were a good team, and it, it wasn't it was quite good to watch most weeks. And when they linked up with Leicester Forest, that brought in you know, Emily Scarra and um, oh god, the other name's gone, Vicky Fleetwood. Yeah, Vicky. Fleetwood. Thank you. And uh, you know that just made the team even stronger. So it, it was good to watch, and you know then they'd go on and play Midlands, and so obviously Hannah's uh, maybe a year or two years younger than Fran. I can't remember. And so Fran's sort of age group went off and did sort of England trials and stuff. And then Hannah did it a few years later. And it seems to be a pretty constant stream of high quality girls rugby at the club until, well, pretty much till Hannah was selfish and left New Zealand. And then it all went down and stopped happening. So, Hannah, I mean, it's, it's down to you that we've had to take a break from girls rugby and only just started back up recently. So if anyone wants to make any complaints, we can post your address. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, before... I remember as well, I was just thinking actually the um, the team after, yeah, like you said, kind of as the girls got older, there was a point where like the, um, like those girls like Fran and then went off to uni and were like older like too old to play I think at the time it was under 18s then like the band had changed yeah. again um, and then there were some younger players like um yeah because your dad um Phil and Danny one of Chloe Parsons who was another great player for us um they coached for a long time and then as those girls got older there was an, the new girls coming up um like Ken James's daughter Beth and um, Stuart's daughter Olivia, and there's a couple of other Jade. I think a couple of other girls that played, and they were they were a good team as well. And that I was kind of a bit like the older one of them, which was a bit weird because I'd always been <laughs> always been the little like one next to them. But no, that was good, and that would have been probably yeah the year I left or the, the year following. So yeah, no, it was good. There's a when we had Fran Egon. There's a story she told uh, about being sick in a wicker basket. Now, we've heard a rumour you may have done similar on this evening. Can you can you confirm? In the same basket. In the same <laughs> basket. Would you like was, to... You know what? I was thinking that. I was th- When I heard the story, I thought, was I there for that one? Because I was there for, <laughs> for one of them. I was like, oh, yeah, many a night in that, um, in that West Bridgeford house. Yeah, sorry, Joy, and probably... Bill as well um no yeah probably yeah we used to have like I said we used to have kind of a good team and we'd all socialize together as well like we'd all go out all the time when it kind of got to that age ish um obviously I was a bit younger so yeah there were a few um a few nights where I'd have like Harriet's passport and she'd have a driver's license or something allegedly you know um got it every time though it so there was a period where Hannah was literally at our house every weekend, like rain or yeah. shine, her and Fran would go into town <laughs> Saturday night, I'd have a game Sunday morning and they'd come in at about 3.30, one of them would be sick. <laughs> and yeah, then, all riding from the, from the pit of the, the bedroom, yeah. Yeah, they're the, like... The drunken whispering, which is at about fifty million decibels, just yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> you did. You were like book a ticket, 
get her out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I gave your mum a ring, pretending to be from New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Is there any chance we can get rid of her? Um, from one thing, one thing I do know from uni and being in rugby circles for a while is men's rugby teams on that is one thing. When it comes to you women rugby players, it can somewhat be frightening at times. Do you remember some of the, have you got any standout nights from when you were there, when you were out with the girls? Um, yeah, and the thing is, is that they were good drinkers as well. And obviously, like, I was, like, a, a couple of years younger, but obviously didn't stop me from trying to, like, keep up with everyone. Um, but no, we had, a, we had a few kind of nights out in Mansfield, which were a bit... You know, <laughs> risky. Yeah, if you don't yeah, know where Mansfield is. Like, you don't want to know. Yeah, um, and then no, we just well, we used to like also used to if we had games up at the club and that we just you'd end up kind of having a few drinks and then going to to town and and like some of them out drinking the the first fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get away with it now with a fake passport. No, no. We, we used to go in together. That's what I never got as well. Like be side by side. <laughs> <laughs> Twins, and they've named them the same. Oh my word! <laughs> this is this is a, a cheat. Um, Twins that look nothing like each other. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Same oh. day, same same name, but they looked anything like each other. What a coincidence. I have got one thing on here, which I'd like to say, for those who don't know, Phil writes a script normally and sends it to me. And I look over it about three minutes before I press the record button so I don't get to ask many questions because we're very professional here. Um, but I've got cruising around in Mummy O's car listening to Move, Shake and Drop on repeat. Can I have a little bit more about this? Is that all right? Just because, I mean... I am a little bit younger, and that may not, for our younger listeners, may not know. Don't um, know who Dee Dee is. Are I mean, you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just that year. I, I feel like it was probably the year. So, with the whole like New Zealand thing, basically what happened is my mum got a job um, over here. She's a midwife. And so they moved over. But that was at the time that I was kind of basically trialing for the under 20s um and so it was all a bit kind of bad timing with like I wanted to come here obviously and like stay with my family and stuff but I did want to give it a crack so I stayed with um my mum and dad's best friends who lived in town but obviously like, I was I would have been probably 17 at the time so I didn't drive or anything um and so yeah it just used to be Fran like every single weekend whatever we were up to just we'd take the the VW was it a golf a little goal, uh, I think. It was either a polo. A polo or a Ford Fiesta. Yeah. I can't remember what my mum then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just used to, they just used to like, just used to take us to all the games. And um, yeah, then when Fran was finally driving, we just used to have some brilliant road trips. As I said, like the teams weren't that close. So you could be like an hour or hour and a half there and back. And with all the regional stuff as well, that all tended to be kind of further south. So yeah, that poor car. <laughs> Don't worry, Fran wrote it off in the end, didn't she? <laughs> she wrote one of them off. <laughs> think I'm anyway. surprised when I was there because, oh yeah. Well, there used to be no, there used to be a tree. So mum and dad have got like a double driveway, and there used to be a tree on the side that mum parked, and I would have driven that car 
200 times. Mum would have driven it 500 times. If I drove it twice, I managed to crash into the tree or like grind up the side of this tree. Second time she parked on the driveway. Oh dear. Trees aren't hard to miss either, really, are they? They're pretty stationary. Yeah, that's the thing. They don't move. They don't jump out at you, do they? No. No, I mean, I'll pull that. I'll pull friend up on that next time. I, <laughs> I see her. Um, you mentioned the under twenty trials for yeah. So how did that all come about? Um, so we were, as I said, we we kind of had that team for um like a good few years, and as we went, as we were playing, it used to be. I don't even know if there was county for girls, like in terms of rep. You didn't have knots, I don't think. I think you had NLD. Yeah, yeah. And then the next one was kind of like East Midlands, um, which was like regional. And so as we were playing, obviously, we all kind of went through that system as well. Um, And then above that, there was like a kind of like a talent development group thing, which was like in between basically that and like the under 20s. Um, And I, I think we'd because we'd played for so many years together and obviously like we must have been kind of fairly good. Like our our regional team was good. Um, As you said, like we had a mix of us and then there was a few um, girls that are still playing um, England rugby now in that team. Um, And it just, it just kind of progressed. Like we'd just play every year. And then um, as the age groups, as we kind of got older, it was just like the next thing to kind of trial for it, but it, it was definitely, um, it was a big step up, like from, like regionals was pretty good standard. Um, but yeah, it was, once you get to the, the trials and stuff, it was pretty, pretty intense. And it was just me at that time as well, because everybody, as you said, Phil, like everybody had been like a year or two above me. So um, yeah, it was just me at that time doing those um, under 20s trials. But yeah, just, I wanted to, I definitely, I wanted to do it. Um, and that was the time, like I said, that like my family had kind of gone to to New Zealand, and so I thought, oh, if I stay, like I didn't really want it to kind of be for for nothing. So uh, that's when I um because I kind of stayed in contact with the the Nottingham rugby team, um because obviously like I'd played um, minis through there, and then uh, my brothers were still playing there for a while as well. Um, yeah, so so I'd stayed in contact with them, and that's when I um, started going back to do some like strength and conditioning stuff to try and because I saw it with Joe, the famous Joe yeah. Brun. I remember I remember you being there. So I used to finish school and go straight down to the gym, and Hannah would normally be there about the same time. Um, yeah, that that was that was. I remember Fran sort of getting to the same level as that probably a year or so before, and not yeah. really wanting to commit to the to the weight training and stuff. Um, and that's when she kind of sort of started to take less interest in it as a, a professional, you know, as doing it to the highest level she could. And obviously just spit off the uni and did that instead. Um, but yeah, I remember you being in there and, and impressing a lot of the lads. <laughs> I just remember that it was like this, like, what, three or four, maybe maybe more like a, like a garage. It was, a, it was an old like, shooting range. Was it? Yes. Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah, no no stuff, like no nothing, barely a light bulb and just like barbells and weights. 
So we had uh, an industrial heater in there for winter, which was like a naked flame. And uh, it it stunk because it was petrol fueled. And some mornings when we used to get in there at like, so this was a few years later, we used to get in there and train 8am or 9am. And the weights were cast iron and you couldn't pick them up with your bare hands because they were frozen. <laughs> and if you did, your hands would get stuck to them. So we had to like pull our like sh- sleeves over our hands and carry the weights onto those things before we could use them. Terrible. But like, it, you know, it, it did the job. And that's the thing I remember actually, because um, obviously as you go through like all the trials and stuff, like they give you stuff to do. Like they, you know, especially depending on what position you're going for. I was a scrum half, so um just loads of of just trying to kind of build power and the passing and all that kind of stuff and stay fast and um you know I remember taking the the programming (laughs) to Joe (laughs) and he basically just like ripped it was just like nah nah." (laughs) yeah 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 he's like just looking at it like nah um but he was great and that that was really helpful and that obviously like it was a lot as he said like with what Fran was saying, like it was, it was a big commitment. Like they expected a lot of you. Um, and it took a lot of kind of your own time. Like I would same kind of thing, like be at school or sick form at that time, um, out in uh, my school was out in Calverton and then bus to town where I was living at the time, um, with, like with mum and dad's friends, um, and then out to, to West Bridgeford, um, train and then get back and just be like, <laughs> and repeat again and again and again you know yeah it was it was yeah yeah, it was it's hell of a commitment and i think that's the thing that you know women's rugby was so far behind on was that you'd get all the way to your england trials and then suddenly they'd throw that at you and like i'd go as far as 95 percent of the girls had never lifted a weight or done any sort of you know body engineered training before and yeah it kind of a lot of them are doing it because it's like Fran especially was only doing it for a social thing, but just happened to be quite good. And then they throw that at you, and you just kind of some girls are just probably like, oh, fuck this, because uh, <laughs> I mean it was definitely the part of the sport that I hate the most. So yeah, 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 it was, it was, um, and I think as the years went on, like because at that time as well, like there wasn't any. Um, like professional contracts not that there would be at that age group anyway but like there and still to this day like there's women that are working full time on top of all of that on top of trying to do all their training and all that kind of stuff and I think it was getting to the point where I think it was just at the start as I left that they were getting those contracts and especially for the sevens with it like being in the Olympics and that um but yeah, it was a big commitment. And it was very different. That's the it, what it was very different. And and a lot of the girls, you could kind of tell the ones that had done a lot of sport and a lot of training for other sports, like semi, you know, high level, um, adapted really well to it. Um, I was all right. Like I really liked the kind of strength and conditioning training, which is a bit weird. It was more the um the running, like the fitness, aerobic fitness. Like, oh I see Tom um, loves that. Tom loves the fitness. Uh, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) 
but no, it was good. It was good. But it was, it was almost that like you kind of have to choose like, right, am I going to go for this and just co- commit everything to it? Um, as I said, that's what I was doing. I was going to school, not also not doing very well at, at sick form, kind of just like thinking now oh, I'll just go to go, you know, and then doing training morning, afternoon, weekends, and still trying to keep in with, because you're still playing club and regional and stuff at, at, at that time as well. So, but it was good. It was a good, good to kind of experience it. Um, but big commitment for those ones that are still like were playing under 20s when I was and are now fully, you know, still in, in the England squad and sevens and all that stuff. Hopefully they've, I think they've got contracts and stuff now, which is really good. Yeah, the professional women's league started about two seasons ago, I think. Mm. And so they're, they're paid. They're not paid fantastically. Um, and some of them obviously probably work second or third jobs as well. But it's starting to, it's starting to build and it's getting a lot more um, coverage as well, which is which is good. Yeah, yeah. definitely is. Was it a case of, I don't know, it was under 20s levels, uh, and only 20s, but was it a case of, across that it was a sense of we want you to p- p- almost pretend you're a professional but you haven't got the support behind that because the money's not there is that how it kind of felt um ca- i mean kind of although because because we like because i just for example like with me i'd been playing club rugby and then like regionals and stuff so we were it, it kind of it did feel professional like when they were all of a sudden like you need to get like strength and conditioning stuff and here's programs and these are all the camps and da 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 da. But yeah, then it was at, at the same time of like right, well, how am I going to get to like Richmond? <laughs> you know, like especially I was like seventeen, I was like, uh, you know, like having to kind of which was fine because I just you know we knew knew some of the girls that were in there as well and um, from other areas because it was it was just me from Pabs at the time. Um, just scabbing lifts or getting the train and and stuff like that but yeah it was it was a lot there was a lot expected and I think um it was it would have been for me I would have preferred to like go and trial with the girls that I've been playing with at Pavs but it was just like an age thing Mm. that I just yeah missed out but um overall like overall the experience was great but I (laughs) I remember my first um because I've been going to the camps and stuff and um, and all that. And then I remember um, I, there was a, so there was like a big Nations Cup at the end of the season, which was like what we were gearing up to. And once I made the squad um, and unfortunately, like I got the year that we were in London or something. I think the next year they went to Canada. It's like, oh, <laughs> But, we, um, but that was in like, um, I think that was July time. Um, but we had like a warm up game against Wales in March. And I remember I didn't get selected for that. And I, we, I'd been training basically since like, you know, giving it a good shot, like since about September. I just remember thinking I, like absolutely gutted and just being like, what is the point in doing this? Like, especially I think as well it probably didn't help that like my I was my family were over here and I'd kind of felt like I'd like committed a lot to it but turns out it was the right thing to do anyway because I wasn't fit enough like and I wasn't good enough at the time to 
to play that game. So I understand it now, but at the time, obviously, I was just like, <laughs> you know, like, I can't be bothered with this. I'm leaving. No, um, <laughs> but it is, it's hard. It's hard. Like, it's hard, especially when, as you said, you know, you, you commit in it like above and, and beyond just the kind of like two nights a week training. Um, but no, at the time, looking back, it was the right thing because then I did make the, the Nations Cup squad um, and ended up getting a, a, a few games and, and I trained harder for it because of that. But Was that the period when you started? Because I think I would have been at uni then, but I've been coming back sort of late week for maybe two sessions in the game. You started coming to some of our training sessions as well and doing one-on-ones with the Russian. And and then I think you were probably running with Brun as well, but I think he took you away so you didn't have to do that for all the lads. Um, but how, how, like, Tim, Tim Yusaz is the Russian. Um, for those that are who captained the USA in the 2011 World Cup, I think. Um, uh, he, he's actually Australian, so why I was playing for the USA, I don't know. But, um, you know, how, how did uh, Tim sort of help you along the way, apart from a lot of chat? <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. Like, And that's the thing. As I said, like I, I kind of kept in contact with, um, Nottingham Rugby Club like throughout the time I was at Pavia's um, and they were brilliant again like a lot of the stuff was kind of like not um, not like professionally organised in terms of like you're my coach kind of thing but I, they would just help out and like be like come and, and do this like practice your passing like what are they what what are they told you you need to improve on um, and just like gave so much time and, and help when they like they didn't have to you know like at all but no they was brilliant it was really good um just just little things like just but it was it was a lot of just repetitive like passing 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 kicking you know and like trying to learn how to like read the game better and um get better at things that you know like tackling and um being a bit more like bossy and things like that because that was another thing like I never really had to kind of tell like tell the girl like our team like at Pavia's like what to do like not that they would have listened anyway they <laughs> 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 would be like shut up oh um, no but I, you know because everyone everyone was just like knew, knew what to do and like did the you know we played really well together and so it's kind of like I didn't need to think about that and then when you get in and you're playing with people that you don't know and you've you've never played before it's like a different ball game and you kind of had to like prove yourself um uh, and I found that a bit tricky as well because I was still on the younger side when I trialed I was still 17 um so and it was like under 20s and there were girls that had been there for a few years and they'd, they'd obviously got quite a kind of set team there already um but yeah, no, they they were really helpful. Like it, they, Nottingham were brilliant for that. If you, if you want yeah. anyone in the world to teach how to keep chatting to people and shout at people, to use as is your man. <laughs> I think um, I think he might have been muzzled when he stayed in the house with the other lads for a few nights because the guy can talk. That is for sure. Is he is he all fart though? Hmm? Can he play? Well, no, I mean he, he did play in a World Cup. I, I mean, yeah, I mean. I mean yeah, that's he, fair he, enough. He was quite useful, but he, my God, could he talk? One of the great <laughs> storytellers, though. One of the great storytellers. But when your canvas is Dan Montague, there's got some stories to tell, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, fair few, fair few. Um, we're going to come back to rugby 
a little bit later. But you keep saying over here, and we've mentioned New Zealand a few times, but what you so you got to New Zealand, you played a bit of rugby, and then yeah. you went into you spent more time in the gym than you did on a rugby field, basically. <laughs> Where did the when did the passion change and why? Um to be honest, like I wouldn't really say like it, it sounds weird, but I wouldn't say like obviously talking about the kind of bodybuilding so what happened was is I was playing rugby here like I said and did a couple of years of um sevens which was great because we got to go to um Rarotonga a couple of times which was just like brilliant sevens in heaven but sweltering heat like I just couldn't handle it um (laughs) yeah I I went twice and then I was like nah and it obviously as well the thing is here is the rugby setup and like the clubs and that is like completely different to to England so um you play you play rugby in school here like girls and boys um and so I came here and I did I got a year at school because I was actually I think I was just 18 when I came here and so I got a year at high school as like a repeater or something (laughs) which was great because it was easy way to settle in and get in and meet people and play rugby and stuff um so yeah so I'd played a couple of years of rugby and then I'd started that's when I started, um, I'd started nursing. So I went and did a, a, my degree um, and it just all got a bit much like the good and the, the level of, of play here as well. It, like the girls are amazing, like super fast, super strong, super fit, just skills, brilliant. So I was kind of like, if I'm not going to take it seriously, then I, I kind of just, you know, stop playing. Mm. Um and also, same thing, like it was, it, they had like a very kind of set, settled team and they, they were brilliant in that, but it just, it, I don't know, it was just different to what I was used to in, in England. Um, and so, yeah, then I was studying and on placement and stuff. And then um, my brother, my older brother who lives in, in England, he'd come over here for a couple of years and was working at this gym, um, this little gym where we live. And it was just so happened to be that the owner of the gym um, Tony and his partner Lynn um, were bodybuilders. Well, he he is. She'd done it before as well, um, and so it's kind of always in the background at the gym. And I was just like, oh, you know, never. It was never something I was like, this is what I want to do. It was almost like give it a go, totally blind of like everyone else is doing it. Seems pretty fun, not really, but you know, like if you're doing it together, it's not not too bad. Um, and yeah, I kind of got into it through that. Really, I just fell into it which seems bizarre because it's very extreme, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I fall into, I don't know, <laughs> book clubs. I don't, fuck off. I don't fall into book clubs. But you fall into, <laughs> you fall into, I can't read for shit. You fall into things that. Tell us more about that. <laughs> <laughs> there were once was a very hungry caterpillar. No, um, <laughs> But I mean, there's a lot of that you've got to put a lot of time and effort and dedication into something. Yeah. So falling into it, I guess it just arrived on your doorstep in a sense. But how? What did your day look like then? So yeah, well, I don't like that's the thing. I seem to be a bit all or nothing, like with with things like that. So I thought if I'm going to do it, I'll do it. My brother had also like my brother was working at the gym. He'd done a competition and things and. To be fair, it, he didn't. He made it seem like it wasn't that hard. <laughs> <laughs> this all sat, as I'm saying it, it sounds ridiculous, but honestly, it just kind of happened. Um, so he, 
mind you, looking back, I'm like, no, he was he was very fit and fairly lean at the time anyway. And it's very different for boys and girls doing that kind of training. Um, so a normal day um, would be get up, do some sort of exercise, I don't know, cardio or whatever um, in the morning, have your very boring, plain, same meals through the day and then train in the evening. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. For like, so what, what's a plain boring meal? Is it just like chicken and broccoli? Um, no, I'll, not really. Like it depends as you get towards the end, like closer to the actual competition. Because the thing is, as well as our gym, that was when they started doing like their own kind of competition. So that's what I mean by it. It didn't seem that serious because it was kind of like an end of year, like challenge kind of thing. Mm. It wasn't like a big kind of um proper professional event i mean it, it it is now like it's you know every year they're kind of getting more and more people competing but um yeah it wasn't like you, you enter into this thing it was just the end of year gym thing so um they yeah it was just as you get towards the end of of it yeah it gets ugly like the, the diet just gets horrific um and and part of me is like because because I've done it so I've done it like I've done it three times now I haven't I haven't been training really this kind of the last year and a bit I blame COVID and working and stuff but really I'm just like mm. um but yeah at the first the three years the the more I did it the kind of more last minute I would leave it to decide I was gonna compete and then it just got harder and harder to try and do the same amount of of like training and, and diet in a smaller amount of time so I think the first time I competed it was about I think about 16 or 20 weeks build up to it so it was nice and and steady and nothing too extreme and then it got the second time it was about 12 weeks or something and that was just horrendous and same the last time and I was just like I can't do this anymore <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it, I mean I, I only ever saw the photos on Facebook and that you put up there, it, knowing you and and your your size and your diminutive size at that, how I don't know how to phrase this without offending a lot of people. Um, yeah. How <laughs> like there can't be many people at your size at your because obviously I'm guessing it's in that weight category. Meaning, like, oh, surely you're like the only person who's less than fifty kilos and going for one of these shows, aren't you? You, you'd be surprised. But the thing is, as well, like with um, so there are with the women's one, like with the women's side of it, um, there's not really weight categories. You just go in like different kind of um, I, I don't know how how they kind of explain it. So you you have like because this is the thing as well. Like I would never at the start, like I was never like. I want to get on stage in a bright orange tan and a tiny bikini. Like it just seemed just so like far, <laughs> you know, just, just like absolutely not something that I'd be keen on. But as I said, like a big group of us at the gym were doing it and it was our gym thing. So it didn't feel like it was that big of a thing. Um, and yeah, so they, they do it in groups. So like for the girls, you have like the bikini, which is more like, um, showy kind of thing and then you have figure which is what I did which is like a mix between that and like full-on bodybuilding um and you look more muscly as well because your body fat's 
lower, like so low. So you, like I said, like I would have been about like 50, 55 kilos at my first competition. But when you look at the pictures, to me, I'm like, you don't look really tiny, but in real life, yeah, it was. I was like, oh my gosh. Or, like I'd never, like I used to around, like I was definitely about 10 kilos heavier when I was playing rugby and healthy and, you know, like training constantly and eating whatever I wanted at that time when I was playing rugby. So, yeah. It seems, it seems like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I'd probably give it a go. I mean, my diet is absolutely shit house, so that would be my main issue. Your diet shit house. Well, yeah. All right. Well, I wasn't going to bring you into it. I'm I was going to try to protect you on that one. <laughs> my diet is a Rustler burgers before training. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> oh god! But no, that was that was the hardest thing because that's the thing as well. Is like, obviously, I had the background of like I'd been doing a lot of training so the training wasn't hard for me like I really enjoyed all of the like fitness stuff it was very different though to what I'd been doing for rugby in terms of like I didn't care it wasn't an issue how I looked when I was playing rugby at all it was just like what you can do and what you're what you need for your position which is another reason why I think rugby is just so such a good sport for everyone because it's like you don't nobody cares what you look like and you need you know taller people shorter people bigger smaller. <laughs> yeah because I because that because I always used to be one of the smallest ones like at rugby but it didn't matter like it, it was like a it was beneficial for my position so it, that was very different um but yet yeah, it was the diet for me as well Honestly, that's part of the reason why I haven't, like, uh, you know, haven't kind of like thought about going back to it anytime soon because I'm just like, oh, can't do it. You know, you, the, the thing I found as well with kids is I have been on a few diets, like, just basically not a diet to lose weight, but a diet not to gain weight is basically what I've been on. But you have like kids, right? And then they have their dinner and then they'll be like, couple of chips and some chicken nuggets i mean i don't feed my kids very well obviously but <laughs> and then and then like, oh, instead of putting them in the bin i'll just eat them and then i'll eat the other ones and then i'm like i just have about half a meal <laughs> yeah eating anything see yeah. i don't have kids but i get banned from restaurants for doing the same thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is and that's the thing i think um, as I said, like the, the years after the years after I did the first one, because the first one you go in blind, like it's fine. You just think this is just what you've got to do. And you're like, I'm not going to eat anything that I'm not supposed to because I just want to like, as I said, like I'm a bit kind of all or nothing. And I was like, if I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it properly kind of thing. Um, and then the year after you're like, ah, oh, you know, chocolate bar here or there won't make that big of a difference. And then... <laughs> And then it's like, oh, and then there's the thought. And as I said, like the last the last few weeks of it, um, when you're kind of getting down to the wire a bit more, a bit more intense. And it's just like, yeah, it's a big commitment. Uh, the owner of the gym, Tony, who um, has been like international bodybuilder for like decades. I'm just like, how do you do it? Yeah, not, not, It's just insane. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. I know. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Should we, uh, should we go to questions from the public before we have a little break let's did you, you get you want me shall i do one you do one yeah go on 
Um, and I'll read it in the, the language it was given to us in. Have you ever performed a real hacker for school or club? And what hacker do you attribute attribute yourself to? Wow. Um, That's from George no, Fulham, by the way. Oh, right. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> no, That's I, the um... longest sentence I've seen him construct, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I haven't, actually. I don't think oh. I've ever played high level two here. <clears throat> yeah. So you don't go to school? No, because it's quite, um, like, you don't just do, you, it's not just like a kind of willy-nilly every other game. I, I know the guys do, the, like the, 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 the men's team do, but it, it, they kind of have specific ones for specific teams and clubs and areas and stuff. And, um, yeah, no, I know, I know I've seen, um, I think they probably would at international level for women's, but no. That's strange. So when I played, I played two Kiwi schools when I was over in Australia. Yeah. And both of them performed the hacker at least six times. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And they do, they have also, it's different for males and females. So. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So it would, as I said, like the, the boys, the, the guys will do it like at school and they'll have a specific like school one like a one that's made for the school, depending on what area they're in and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, like different actions and things. Yeah. This is this is going to shed some light on what I scroll through on my phone at 3am, but there is nothing more emotional than watching a video after a teacher's died or something in a New Zealand school and they perform the hacker and you get like 300, like 15, 16 year olds perform a hacker and it looks absolutely crazy. So good. Yeah. So it good. is. It, it gives you you get the shivers, like mm. yeah. It's pretty special. And the noise as well. It's not like it's not quiet. <laughs> no, you give it they give it, yeah, you give it everything, I think. Amazing. It's, um, yeah. But it was yeah. a big it was a big coming here, you know, like um le- a lot to learn. Cause you just that's all you think, like that's all I knew of New Zealand. I hadn't been here before I moved here. Um, so that's all you see, you know, like about in terms of like the All Blacks and things like that. I mean, it was different with rugby and things because there was lots of guys at um, Nottingham um, that had come from overseas, you know, come from New Zealand and all around the world. So, but yeah, no hacker for me. No hacker for for (laughs) Hannah. Um, How would you describe, this isn't a question for the public, but how would you describe the, the New Zealand culture? Because it is massively different to over here, isn't it? Yeah, so it is very it is very different. Again, I think it kind of depends. Obviously, you've got like the Maldives, that's like the indigenous population here. Um, where I live, it depends where you live as well. Like I live in South Auckland, so there's a huge uh, huge Pacific um, population as well. Um, and so you just kind of get used to used to it very different people are so friendly so friendly yeah and like just really nice and um I remember when I first went to because as I said I went to school um I got a year at school there and they were just brilliant like the girls were brilliant as I said rugby is a good way to kind of get to you know get involved with stuff and get to know people as well so I just like joined every sports team I could straight away and they were kind of like 
who is this very short <laughs> English girl <laughs> who's just appeared out of nowhere to like be like hello <laughs> um but no they're brilliant just just great and like to, yeah super friendly um very different like life's slower here you know um a lot more kind of laid back and um but just great and as I said like you know super talented and in terms of like sports and and all sorts of just just great yeah it looks lots of space, lots of green, lots of parks, and yeah, it looks so good. <laughs> it looks so good. Um, another question from George Billum. Um, he was oh, obviously, yeah, he'd obviously had a few tonight. Uh, <laughs> who is your favorite all black apart from uh SBW? <laughs> um, current. Or ever. Well, to be fair, you're quite young, so it's going to be relatively current, isn't it? <laughs> I, just, I just turned 30. How old does that make you feel? <laughs> I'm only 32. I'm still going to be the same age. <laughs> 27. Yeah, that's the weird thing, is that you're older than Tom. That's really confusing in my head. I, don't look, I mean, thanks, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> um, Favourite All Black? Oh... I mean, Carlos Spencer was great. Great shout. If you're talking OG, like, legend. I remember, actually, another one um, was Andrew Mertens. And I remember only because he came... This was back when Nottingham was still playing at Beeston. Um, they somehow got a game against Harlequins. They were in the was league. It like, was it? Harlequins got relegated, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and I remember they played. He played there, and everyone was just like, "Yeah, just unbelievable." Like Forty nil as well. I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for, uh, but no for... one cared. I'm sure we were all cheering when he scored as well. Yeah. Like when and like, oh my god! Yeah, no, so that that was good. And I was talking because I was talking to my brother actually um, about just like thinking about like things with rugby and things. And yeah, he said the same thing. He's like, "God, do you remember when Andrew Mertens came down to?" To Beeston, it's like whoa. So he was another good one. Um, current, probably, um, probably. I don't know. In terms of like scrum heart, like positional wise, Aaron Smith's pretty good. Um, I'm trying it's to think. Pretty good. Like He's pretty good. Isn't he? <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have insulted yeah. the bloke anymore. <laughs> He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, who else? I'm trying. The old, the older Christian was Christian Cullen and all black. Yes. Or yeah, and he was a halfback. One of our scrum half. Um. Uh. Yes. Uh. Or was yeah. Right? Blonde hair. No, Justin Marshall. Yeah, you're thinking Justin Marshall. Yeah. 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 But Cullen yeah, no, was a fullback. That's right. Yeah. This is great. Last week we had Ollie Hansen on who didn't know what the position lock was. If you start lifting off New, <laughs> New Zealand name for positions, his head's going to fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I get very confused, guys, because I, I just get used to it here. Like, it's like when I hear Nottingham slang, it's like, it just kind of like shakes me back to like, oh, you know, haven't heard that for a decade. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, good. There's been obviously the All Blacks are just brilliant, and I was trying to keep. I was trying to keep up with the um, 
with the Six Nations and stuff, it's just hard because nobody cares about Northern Hemisphere rugby over here. <laughs> I don't blame them. I genuinely don't blame them. It's so boring. <laughs> we try and make it interesting for things like the podcast, but we don't give a shit either, really. Um, <laughs> let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and I'll find an appropriate way to word how we introduce Phil's package to the podcast today. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll be back in a second. Hello everyone, go here. Just a quick reminder, we are still looking for sponsors for the pod. So if you want to sponsor just an episode or a bulk of episodes, that's fine. Just get in contact. You might even want to just sponsor Phil's package. Not sure why you would, it's not a big package uh, in any sense of the term. So if you want to just get into contact with us, either on our social media pages, or you can just drop us an email at pazpod at outlook.com. Uh, remember to, to like the Instagram and the Facebook pages and share this around, subscribe it. Make sure you pr- click subscribe when you're favoured a podcast platform because, I mean, one day we might get enough people for us to get a pound out of it. But who knows? Who knows? Enjoy the rest of the episode and let's go back to yours package. Welcome back, Phil. Would you like to do your feature? I can't say it because it's inappropriate. <laughs> okay, would you like to get, would you like to get your package out? Yeah, I'll say it really quick, that makes it better. Um... <laughs> Hannah, I think you've seen this before. It's just a quick fire answer round. And as ever, we'll start with red or green. Green. Favourite alcoholic beverage? Gin and tonic. Oh, that's changed. The last time I met you, it was probably uh, <laughs> Smirnoff <laughs> Ice or... Smirnoff <laughs> Ice or WKD. Yeah. Oh, um, England or New Zealand? New Zealand. Oh, my God. Uh, rugby or bodybuilding? Oh, rugby. Best player you've played against? Um, probably, probably Emily Scarrett, same as Fran, just, yeah. Uh, favourite opposition? Um, you could do, you could do New Zealand and here if you want. So there would probably be, probably like Worcester or Leicester Forest East, I'd say like club wise, because it was always the best game. Um, over here, uh, we used to have good games against a team called Marist, same kind of thing, like local rivals and just great players. So, yeah. Nice. And John to your gym, which will mean nothing to you. But... I know. Although I do remember the subway thing at the corner house. So, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh she's <laughs> got a gym anyway. Lovely. Yeah, Lovely. I would. <laughs> I would not want to be the face of Subway. Actually, I probably would enjoy the face of Subway. Um, just to point out to people that can't see the script, which is everyone but me and Phil, I'm glad you changed one of the questions because one of your questions was England or UK. Um, yeah, that was uh, just yeah. to... Yeah, that's what happens when you try and type these things up half an hour before in front of the TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I am half Scottish, so... You are, okay. aren't you? Yeah. Scotland yeah. or England? 
Oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> you can pull out and get that. <laughs> um, Phil, would you like to take best or worst? Uh, I'll have worst. Hannah, what's your worst rugbying memory? Um, funny because as soon as you know, when you asked Fran this, right? <laughs> Before she'd even spoke, the exact same thing came to mind. It, the wound must be still fairly fresh. <laughs> it's been like what twelve years? Uh, yeah, that game against South. Oh, honestly, the, is that the chip? The or was it an intercept? I can't remember. If it was much. an intercept. intercept. Yeah, it was an intercept. Yeah, well, we just had to close the game out, and unfortunately, we just didn't. Um, yeah, that was pretty, pretty gutting. And that was to win the whole thing, wasn't it? Not to rub it in. It was. It, yeah. <laughs> yes, not it was. To, uh, not to open the wound again. The wound is still open. Let's pull it further. Yeah. I don't. I can't. I can't remember that. I can't remember where it was at. It was at. It, look at me. I know. Like I'm like. <laughs> Um, it was at rugby school. It was a rugby school, but it wasn't on yeah. like, the main campus, was it? It was on like the the rugby playing fields. Wasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but they do have they have a, the first team pitch is on like the main campus in the middle of the cricket pitch at rugby. Oh. Um, I've played on it, um, but uh, <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> 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 you guys were at this like facility and it was massive like I, there was like four pitches like, a massive changing room that was better than most like premiership training grounds it was insane yeah. i was gonna say if that was their like warm-up like you know side that was their, pitches, no, was their rugby facilities yeah it's yeah ridiculous <laughs> i mean if you're gonna be called rugby school but yeah, you can't turn up with a shed, can you really? As no, a room. no, the that because I I can't remember where I've been, but I remember rocking up quite late with my mum and dad had been with you guys because you played two days in a row. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So me and my mum rocked up for the second day where you played your your quarter of semi and final or semi final ever. I've been like, oh right, they win the final, they'll probably win this because obviously you had Emily Scarrett as well in that team. So, um. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't want to throw a shed of light on Emily Scarab, but I've got to finish him. I've thrown the intercept. I just, uh, I think at that part of it, I've just blurred out. Blurred it out. Was. Oh, I think well, she except, might. Except it, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. Well, I'm trying never passed, so it definitely wasn't Fran. Although, from... <laughs> <laughs> although I do remember yeah. thinking, I do remember thinking it did come off. It did come off the back of the scrum, and I thought, why did I not just kick it out? But, you know, hindsight is... I don't think it was the last, last play. No. I don't think it was the last, last play, but it was second two or whatever. Yeah, it was It was very late. Do you suggest feel rugby player of the year has made a mistake? In a career, yes, she's made one mistake. Pretty much is <laughs> the sum total of her mistakes. If if we can ever find time in Skaz's diary, maybe we can ask if that is her worst rugby moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, there haven't been many since, has there? Because I know Hannah remembers, and I know Fran really remembers. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hannah, what was your best rugby memory? Um... Probably, I would probably say, yeah, get, making the under twenties and getting a getting on the field was brilliant because um, it was just like the workup of, of everything. Um, 
you know, kind of, especially like I said, because I hadn't been selected for that first game, I thought that would, that was kind of it. And um, yeah, to to make it to make it there, even though, as I said, I would have would have been great to get the America or, or Canada tour, but London was just fantastic. So um, so that that was probably probably it. Or or like even just um, playing like even our regionals team, like that there was pretty good um, all all of those years really. It was, it was all good. And it was great. It was just nice being able to play um, for so long with that team at, at Pavia's. Mm. Um, we were really lucky in that sense. Yeah. Who was your, I don't think we asked, who was your first England game against? Um, I think it was, oh, was it, it was either Canada or Wales. I think it might I'm have been right. Canada. Yeah, they wear red. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I, although I, uh, it, it may have been. Oh, I think it was Wales actually. I think I came off the bench, I came on in the second half um, against Wales because there was another really good um, scrum half, Jessie, who um, started a lot of games. She was, she was better than me. She was great, <laughs> but it was good to get to share the the nine position with her. So, yeah. But no, it's good. Good. I mean, it must be a privilege whenever you get on the pitch, if I'm honest. Yeah, it was. Like, I couldn't believe it. And I think sometimes I'm like, I wonder, although, as you said, you know, a lot of it is, it, it at that time, it was a big kind of commitment. And a lot of girls, once they were 18, like, went off to uni and kind of like, that That was it. I wonder... Um, yeah, if I'd have stayed or if we'd have got the chance to like try try all like all together with like the Pavia's girls, whether we'd a couple of us would have got in and had a good run. <laughs> yeah. Um, just before we let you go, this is where we tend to try and turn slightly serious with topic of conversation. Um we just wanted to ask, what do you think is next for women's rugby? And I know you've touched on this, but what's the difference in the setup in the UK and New Zealand? Mm. Um, so I think, like uh, as as Phil said, like it's come on leaps and bounds since since we were playing um, in terms of like the professional contracts and also like the media coverage. Although it's still way, there's still so far to go. Um, with that especially because I feel like uh, that's another reason like with Pavia's being so great is that like we always felt like a big part of the club like and we were respected there as like a really good successful team um, I don't know whether that was because like a lot of it was like family you know like family and it was like sisters of the brothers that were playing and stuff but um, it, we were never fe- it was never like an add-on to mm. you know, you know like the guys would watch the girls vice versa and like we were part of the club there was lots of clubs that weren't like that um and you you know they wouldn't even have like changing rooms available and and stuff like that when we go to play them so I think we were really lucky there in a way um at Pavia's and I think that um it would be good like in New Zealand it's different because I think England is still a lot further ahead in terms of like the the professional side like like I said it's different with sevens because a lot of the girls here play sevens and there are sevens contracts and things here and I'm, I'm not sure about like the 15s team uh, like the Black Ferns about if they have kind of contracts or not but I know that they had them in England way before mm. here 
Um, and I said the setup's different in terms of like the club with school. There's a lot of school rugby here and there's not that in England that I know of. There wasn't when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think hopefully it just carries on like improving and, and the coverage is out there and it, you know, people kind of like take it seriously because the, the women's teams are really good. <laughs> They're really good, you know, like they're, and they're very successful, you know, and yeah, I know you, you, you can't really kind of compare them to the, to other sports and things, but I mean, they're, you know, they're brilliant and they win lots and lots of competitions and it's good to see them on TV like that. As I said, I try and catch up with some of the Six Nation stuff and the women's stuff's on there as well, um, you know, on kind of trying to catch up with, with the highlights of their games. So mm. hopefully continues to grow like what's it like at, at, at Pavs now like is there a because uh, Fran said she was coaching there yeah so it's we've brilliant. started a, a, a I, can't, I can never remember what the age groups are because they like you said they change like every year with yeah. girls maybe. Um, I think we're currently at under 15s and under 18s but that probably is wrong yeah um, 15 and 18 but we've got a real good turnout of girls and you know you only have to go to Pavs on a Sunday morning and there's just thousands of lads playing and they've, you know, 50% of them have probably got a sister. So it actually works really well. So during this COVID period that we're still in, um, the girls rugby is on at two in the afternoon or something. So it is a bit quieter by then, but obviously once sort of all this sort of regulation stuff moves out of the way and we can bring things closer, we're hoping to sort of bring it back into sort of a reasonable time period because we've got girls changing rooms. You know, we've got facilities yeah. available for girls to get changed without any issues so um i think the plan is essentially trying to bring it again like it was when you were there as part of the part of the club like you got girls played in the afternoon anyway but that was just because we didn't have enough pitches i think yeah. um and you know you normally have like the colts on while you girls were warming up and then the colts would finish and watch you girls play so um yeah, it's kind of building that back up. I think there was the, I think the women's team started up for one training session before we got into lockdown. Um, so that might kick in again next season. Um, we're doing our bit and, and we're desperately trying to push it at the club because, you know, I think Chev and um, Mark Bailey kind of got their heads together and started it and expected sort of a slow take-up. And within a couple of weeks, they had, you know, 30 girls there straight away and Fran and Rowan obviously come in and help coaching as well so we're building it will get there um, it's good to have again because you know it, it, it's slightly different in terms of the, the uptake but it, it's um, from my memory it's, it's it's probably more rowdy than most of the lad stuff afterwards so <laughs> well that's good that's good to hear I'm glad I'm glad it's kind of still still going up there it must, just must have been so hard with like yeah lockdown and everything but I was uh, as I said I started playing and I got to play um in a mixed team like it well it was, wasn't mixed it was just me in the boys team um but I, that was really really good to just to start build your skills up and things like that like I think as you said like Fran's experience was different where she was a bit came in a bit later um but obviously was still really talented and things but it's good um to kind of be able to play up through through the age groups and then go into a, a girls team that's you know yeah the, the girls playing with the boys still happens i think it's under 11s or under 12s yeah yeah but noah my nephew um you know he there was two girls i think in his age group and they've now moved into this under 
15s team or whatever it was and they are much the better players for it because they've had to beat up boys for you know four years and now they're playing against girls who obviously aren't naturally as strong but they you know they they're now just well they're like Fran was just just horrible <laughs> well, it was I mean it's it is horrible. I mean, today we, oh, I've been out most of the day, but we caught, me and my husband Megan caught the last 20 minutes of England, Italy. And I mean, the, the, the standard in Italy of women's rugby isn't, isn't great, as it neither is the men's. But today I was, we were watching it and I just, I love watching rugby regardless. I don't really know the rules because I'm a second row, don't need to. But just the the appetite of whenever you speak to when I speak to my my female friends about rugby and they watch it, there's always a oh it looks so good, but there just isn't that many places for people to go and to go and actually experience it properly. And I mean, I know at Trent Uni, women's rugby is is getting better and it is it is growing because actually they they see the benefits. People see the benefits of having both gendered sports in one club because actually it just makes the social so much better. Like, well, I think rugby prides itself on teaching decent values throughout from a very young age and stuff. So to just make sure there's just everyone's playing rugby at the same time, it's just like, that's only going to help <laughs> these people when they leave rugby, whether that be at 17 or whether that be at 47 or whatever, it just works better for, it's, I just personally think it's better for people to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. hopefully, um, hopefully, when when I eventually have children or grandchildren, there won't be this conversation. <laughs> there will just be a norm. Yeah. They can just go and play. Everyone just can play rugby. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like the, as like, there's friends through rugby that we still like. We still all keep in contact now. Like uh, when I came back, came back in I think 2018, um, caught up with with Kathy and Fran and it's brilliant and just you know we keep in contact a bit harder over Skype as you know the time difference and that but um but it you know it's 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 good and it I, I, like you said it was just just great nothing but good memories and I think that's a lovely way to finish nothing but good <laughs> memories almost poetic unless for you <laughs> questions no, 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 let's finish with that. Let's finish with that. <laughs> well, in that case, that again, thanks for waking up early. I hope your iced coffee was lovely. I could see the leaves in the background uh, moving in either aircon or breeze. There is a fan on. It's very, very humid today. You'll be, you know, it's raining all day yesterday. You'll it must be, be happy today. It must be horrible for you, Hannah. I feel so <laughs> sorry for you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let me just get uh, four degrees. Um, so... <laughs> I, I hope I hope you enjoy your Sunday and uh, thanks for coming on and we'll catch up with you soon. Awesome. Thank you guys. So that was Hannah. Uh, like we said, good pod. Obviously someone that you've uh, spent quite a, a bit of time with when growing up. Um, was her and Fran as much of a nightmare as they sounded? Oh, terror cell. Like horrendous. Horrendous. I can't believe two somewhat sound clever people decide that a wicker basket it still to this day baffles me and I mean I've had a whole week to think about this one because we recorded last Saturday 
Um, but still, a wicker basket. Jesus Christ. The toilet is equidistant as well. Like the toilet was equidistant from the wicker, from where they were to the wicker basket. I just couldn't. Yeah, equidistant. I mean, someone's picked up a thesaurus before uh, before recording today. Naila, that and Barton, that means the same distance from. Yeah, so same distance from. Um, I thought it was a good part. I mean, I don't know how someone so kind of sounds like so loose <laughs> ended up becoming a bodybuilder slash sculptor uh, and a nurse more probably more worryingly um but God. yeah no yeah no i agree I, I i don't like the sound of the bodybuilding that that i mean i'm sure it takes severe drive and motivation but i'm a man who requires a certain level of meal i was uh talking about this to someone the other day and I realised while talking because I said oh if you look like some, I said some of the people that do it just look like they're just sculpted by like an artist I realised I look like the slab of clay before they start carving <laughs> so before the sculptor starts to sculpt I'm that slab of clay they just whack on the turn you're like the piece of clay that they put on the turntable in Ghost <laughs> get go I'm the the main point of that romantic scene, <laughs> <laughs> which no one's going to be able to watch Ghost again in a romantic fashion. Um, just before we obviously just go over the details for touch, we both realised in between recording the intro and the outro, John T's not got that much shit this week. Um, so do you want to give him some shit now? Uh, it might be easy for me to do it next week when he's got like a, a golden duck tomorrow at cricket that'd be or, good or um uh yeah he's, he's just yeah you know even hannah's picked jim even though she doesn't know jim and she knows john t because john t's mum used his face on the subway advert in the warner house or the corner house as it now is yeah i mean he's still very hurt by the pathetic nine comment from last week yeah he's he, i get a text message every week saying that oh, I'm adding that to my CV yeah I not to yourself employed mate you don't have a CV you moron <laughs> <laughs> I don't get texts because I said any issues talk to Phil that's kind of my line recently <laughs> talk to Phil talk to Phil um, I would say sorry to John T but I'm not going to so touch tournament on the 24th up at the stump which would be good to see people yeah, we'll put the timings and stuff out on socials when we get them it's not been fully clued up yet so yeah. we'll put them out on socials and try and get up you know it'd be nice to see everyone uh, while we've all been buried away in our mm-hmm. own little uh, lockdowns so let's try and you know get the club a buzz again leading into yeah. the scene definitely I mean on the socials front we could do with some more followers couldn't we really Always. I Always. think that's what social media is all about. Technically, yes. We need people to get on the Instagram, really. Because, I mean, we've got 903 or 5 or something on the Pavia's Instagram page, but we're yet to break the 250 mark on the Pavs pod. So I might just change the names and the content, but I think it's more organic if we just get people to come over. Um, so if, don't forget to tell your friends and subscribe, because Phil still wants his plaque. Yeah, I need it. Look how, I mean, somehow this has turned up this week. I don't know where this has come from. But that is absolutely 
not what I want in my office. No. The fact that Reeves got now more of a standing in your office than you do is... Uh, well, it has been hers for the last few weeks. She's not working from home. Well, yeah, so, I mean, that's, it's, she made that so she could put it on the front of her desk so she could pretend she's in a Hollywood movie. I, I hope that's what she's taking to a new job. I would love that. <laughs> she just holds it at the bottom of Zoom calls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, any wise words, Phil? Of course not. No. All right, see you later. Bye. Bye.